Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, please turn to Isaiah chapter 35 as we continue our study, as we continue our look at vision and what God has given me, given for us this year and beyond. So Isaiah chapter 35, I'm not going to read all of it this morning, but I want us to key in on verses 3 down through verse number 7. So as I read it audibly, I want you to, uh, to listen. The words will be on the screen as well if you don't have a copy of God's Word. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 3 states this, Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, the thirsty ground springs of water, the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I bow before you, and God, I ask that in these moments, Father, you would speak to your people. Father, you would impress upon our hearts actions, attitudes, words that you want us to carry out Today, you want us to carry out this week people that you desire for us to talk with, that we come in contact with. Father, would you use us, I pray in Christ's name, amen. This morning, our section, so to speak, of the vision for 2014 and beyond is that of rescuing the fallen. Let me read to you the statement that we have uh, adopted, that we have brought out, and that we have uh, written, and that we're challenging one another with. It goes as following. Rescuing the fallen. As Christ lives through us, we are his ambassadors on a rescue mission. We are unashamedly proclaiming the transforming, life-giving power of the cross to a fallen world. The cross alone reveals the only way for man to be rescued from a godless eternity, to be released from a perverted culture, and to be freed from from the enticing charm of a wicked heart. The deaf can hear and the blind can see as they have received the gospel of eternal life. I want you to listen to the passage that I just read one more time. And as you hear me read these words, I want you to think about a couple of things. Listen for words of life as I read this passage. Listen for the contrasting words of life. The the life that I'm speaking about in this passage is not just air that you and I breathe. But it is spiritual life. 
Listen for these words as I read the verses again. Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf, of deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of waters. In the haunt of jackals, where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. Over and over, throughout all of the verses in Isaiah chapter 35, especially those that I just read, there are contrasts of places of need and places that are full. Uh, Places where death is bountiful and places where life, too, is bountiful. You and I, as brothers and sisters in Christ, are to be rescuing the fallen. And rescuing the fallen brings life and also salvation. God's the only one who brings about life and salvation. And it is His gift that He desires to give all people. All people. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 I don't think it's on the screen, but 2 Peter 3, 9 is a verse that that speaks about that subject. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness. But He's patient toward you. He's patient toward uh, Cindy's Muslim friends. He's patient toward your friends. He's patient toward your family. He's patient toward my family. He's patient toward me. He's patient toward you. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God desires for people to be saved. His plan A His plan A, and just to let you know, he doesn't have plan B, but his plan A was, hey, you disciples, you followers of me that spent three plus years with me day and night, I'm praying for you, I'm praying that God will give you the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and when he comes upon you, you will receive power and you will go forth throughout the whole world. And you will proclaim the greatness of who I am. And those that follow after you, are to do the same. 21 centuries later, you sit right here. And the task for you and the task for me is the same, to proclaim the greatness of Jesus Christ. Rescue the fallen. He desires for people, for all people, to come to know Him and to come to salvation and to respond to His worth with their worship And with their lives. He desires for people from South Africa. He desires for people from Thailand. He desires for people from Fort Creek Estates. That's the neighborhood I live in. He desires people that uh, from uh, Northwood Hills, from FedEx, from Fairway Trace, from Olive Branch to come to know Him. And He has called you and me to share 
who he is. He has people who you will come in contact with this week. That live beside you. That your kid goes to whatever practice. This past week I ate lunch up in South Haven. And as I was sitting there, the, I was eating with a, a gentleman and Jasmine came to take our order. And uh, we sat there for a little bit and we were talking and Jasmine came back to bring us our food and so we were talking some more and we finished eating and we were talking some more and there was nobody in the place. We ate a late lunch, there was nobody in the place and Jasmine came back and said, is there anything else I can do for you? And we struck up a conversation with Jasmine and said, you know, Jasmine, nobody's here. Thank you for the food. It was great. What's going on with you? And for 20 minutes, we sat and talked with Jasmine about what was going on with her. She's 25 years old, dropped out of Northwest Randall, sorry, but uh, dropped out there, wants to get back there. And uh, some things have happened in her life. Her grandmother's gotten sick and had the opportunity to share the gospel with Jasmine to see what was going on in her life. And it all started because of one question. That question, you can answer. You can ask it. I can ask it. We all could ask it. But it was just stopping for a brief second and say, you know what? Maybe God's working in Jasmine's heart. Maybe Jasmine needs to hear about the gospel. Maybe Jasmine is having a terrible day, a terrible week, and I would not have known unless we would have asked. So we asked Jasmine. Had the opportunity to pray for her, pray for her grandmother, pray for her to get back in school, finish out and do what God's called her to do. You and I are to be ambassadors of the King. Everywhere that we go. He has changed you. He has changed me. I read this week in my quiet time, Acts chapter 18. In Acts chapter 18, Paul is in the city and and people are coming at him. And God says, Paul, I want you to stay here. And I want you to stay here because I have many people in this city that need to hear about me. He stayed there for two years, day in and day out. And all I could think about was Hernando. God has many people in Hernando. God has many people in South Haven. God has many people in DeSoto County. God has many people that he calls his people. I want you to uh, exercise this morning and not just your ears. I want you to look at the person to your right or to your left and I'll give you the assignment. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to encourage them. I want you to encourage them by telling them this. As a son or a daughter of the king, you are an ambassador for him this week. Do the exercise. That that side over here isn't doing too well. This side, I heard you. You are an ambassador. Ambassador. What what does it mean to be an ambassador? It, It means this, that you have been sent to a place, i.e. where you live, where you work, the 
breath that you breathe, you have been sent to this place for a purpose, and that purpose is not to get the paycheck. The purpose is not to get all the toys. The purpose of your life and my life as sons and daughters of the King is to proclaim Him. We lose focus there. I lose focus there. Amber came back into my office. Amber again came back in my office setting up stuff for pictures today. And she looked on my desk and she said, you have a MacBook Air too? I was like, yes, I have way too many computers, way too much technology. We, we lose focus. I lose focus. But God has called you and He's called me for this purpose. To proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Salvation is the greatest rescue that you and I could ever be a part of. In this passage, in verses 3 and 4, It speaks to us to strengthen the weak hands, to make firm the feeble knees, that God will come and He will save you. And He will save me. He will save those around us. Do we know who they are? Not until we ask. He is at work. He's at work all around you. He's working in other people's lives. The question for you and the question for me is, do we... Believing. Will we obey? Second point this morning as I come to a close. Not only are we to rescue the fallen, but we are also to strengthen the body. Strengthening the body is vital for your growth. For our growth. Christ... Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our God, He is strengthening the church as we are allowing the gifts given by the Spirit to flow through us. These abilities continue to strengthen weak hands, to make firm, feeble knees, and are given for the express benefit of the body. This church, River Bend, is maturing as a result of the gifts given to the body. Gifts of leadership, gifts of teaching, of faith, of service, helps, administration, and many others all bring refreshment and nourishment to Christ's body, the church, as individual members use their spiritual gifts for the edification of Christ's body. Say, Brian, that's a long statement. It is. If you look in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. If you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, and also in verse 28, or you look in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, any of those three chapters, you see a list of spiritual gifts. A list that is not comprehensive. None of the three are comprehensive, nor do I believe that all three of them bring bring together a comprehensive list of all the spiritual gifts. But those are there for the church, for you, for me to see. Hey, here's some of the gifts that Christ has given. As a Christian, you have a spiritual gift. I thought about taking time to go around one by one and ask you to audibly state what your gift was. Then I thought there'd be a mass exodus. And that wouldn't be a good thing. We want you to stay and talk with Cindy afterwards. Pray for those. 
But think about it. What is your gift? When you got saved, when you accepted Jesus Christ, when you became born spiritually, you got a gift. What is it? I don't know, Brian. Well, when you joined Riverbend, you went through a basics class. We put together, we stole, borrowed a spiritual gift survey and said, hey, here's 64 questions, read through them. At the end, it'll help direct you what your spiritual gift is. What's your gift? Just as important, are you using it? Stay with me for about four more minutes and I will close. I did say about. You have been given this gift, whatever it is. You've been given this gift so that the body of Christ, so that this church might grow, might mature, might increase, might spread the gospel. Some of you here today, you're in a desert. Scripture, we just read that in chapter 35. There is this desert, and some of you are there, and it is parched where you are living. You have been there, and you are stuck. You're wandering. You say, you know what? I'm just, just forget it. If this is what life is, all right, I'll just get up on Monday morning. I'll go to sleep Monday night and do it all over again. I, there's just no hope. There is hope. When you and I understand what our purpose is, we can get up Monday and go to bed and get up again. It's mundane, right? Yep, it is. Maybe it is. But there's a greater purpose than your day, than your work. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of you are here today and you're, not in a desert, but you're spiritually lame. You're, you're stuck. You, you won't move. At least you, you think you're standing still, but in reality, you're sliding backwards. You read the Bible. Maybe you read it once, or maybe you read through the New Testament once and said, all right, I did that, marked that off, and let's move forward. Maybe you come here pretty regular. You say you're saved. You say that you're a Christian, but where's the fruit? This isn't a, hey, let me beat you up sermon. Not even a point, but it's, let's be honest and real with where we are, with who we are. Some of you here today are spiritually deaf. You haven't heard from God in quite some time. It's black ink on a white page, and it's one page after another after another after another. Some of you here today and you're mute spiritually. You won't speak a word for Christ. I told you what happened with Jasmine. Just so you will understand that I'm not a super Christian. I went to lunch another day this week. I know what y'all are thinking. Man, you go to lunch a lot. Yep. Nathan told me this week after my surgery, he came up and he gently hugged me and he said, Daddy, your stomach's bigger after surgery than it, is, than it was before. I was like, thank you. I'm going with that. The doctor just left some stuff in there and I just hadn't found it yet. 
That's where I'm going. But Anna was our server that day. And as I walked in, hardly anybody in the place. As I walked in, I was like, you know what? I want to pray for Anna. I want to pray. Whoever's serving me today, I want to pray. I want to ask them. And I had an opportunity. I didn't take it. She came back, brought the meal, had an opportunity. It's like, ah, hmm. Right now? You want me to say something right now? We all miss it. Sometimes we speak, sometimes we don't. This past week, I did and I didn't. My plan is to go back, not because the food was great, but because Anna works there. Maybe that was you this week. Maybe that was you last month. You didn't take the opportunity. But you're going to see that guy tomorrow. You're going to see her Tuesday afternoon. Today we start a ministry. We start a ministry that uh, we call Connect. Our semester starts today and we'll go through the whole spring and even through the summer. But it's a ministry that you need. You need to be a part of it. Even though you don't think you do, you do. Even though it might not be the greatest thing since sliced bread, you need to be a part of it. Brandon Potts, if you'll stand up. Kurt Walker, if you'll stand up. Ben Bourne, if you'll stand up. John Hansen back in the back, if you'll stand up. I'm going to forget somebody. Uh, Clay Taylor, if you'll stand up. Hadn't forgot you. And anybody else in here? Yeah, I'm standing already. Uh, Brandon Potts is starting a uh, connect group. It's going to meet Sunday afternoons, 5 o'clock. Raise your hand so they'll know who you are, Brandon. Don't say a word. You won't hush. All right, sit down. I know, missed opportunity. Uh, Kurt Walker's group meets Wednesday nights, 6.30. If uh, Wednesday night's a great time for you, see Kurt Walker at 5 o'clock. Sunday afternoon is a great time for you. See Brandon or Ben Bourne. He's at 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoons. Um, Clay Taylor is, uh, they flip-flop from Sunday night to Monday night if uh, one of those two nights are good for you. John Hansen's the weirdo. He's Friday night or Saturday. Back there in the back, raise your hand. Saturday night, excuse me. Uh, I meet a group on Tuesday night. We have a group that's starting right after the services on Sunday morning. We have another group that meets on Wednesday night. We, we want you to be a part of Connect. You saw where those guys are sitting. Maybe you, you know who they are. Before you leave this room, why don't you talk to them? They want to talk to you about Connect. Strengthening the body, rescuing the fallen, all for the sake of Christ. Heavenly Father, I bow before you. God, you are good. Father, you love us unconditionally. Father, you have a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. 
as the invitation begins, Lord, would you continue to work in our hearts? Remind me, first and foremost, remind me that I am an ambassador of yours and my purpose here is to spread your name. Remind us as a church that you have gifted us and whatever the gift is that you desire for us to use that gift to serve, to, to be a part, to edify the body, Father. God, would you use us? Use us here in Hernando. Would you use us around your world as we have sent out and as we go, as we pray for your name to be championed abroad? here, in our homes, in our hearts. Ma'am, the uh, invitation is for you this morning. Sir, the invitation is for you this morning. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Him. He died for you. He took your place. And He desires to rescue you. Would you stand and sing and obey as Stephen leads us?